1: Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Ghost Chronicles Next Generation. I've been saying that for almost 20 years now. That's amazing. That's pretty sick, if you ask me.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Anyways, I am Ron Kolick, your host, and with me is the blonde bombshell herself, the most reputable Ann Kerrigan.
2: Hi, good evening, everybody. How are we doing?
1: How are you doing?
2: I'm doing okay. Doing okay. Yeah.
1: better every day, right? Every
2: day a little further. Mm. Um, I don't know. So, I I don't know. So, for those who don't know, I had some surgery last week and uh feeling a lot better this week. I feel like I turned the corner today. Oh, good. You know, how, like you know, you, you feel like a day yep. comes and you're like, "Wow."
1: Well, you knew you were going to talk to me tonight, and that just That's cheered me right. right up. right. It cheered
2: me up so yeah. much that it just made my whole day better.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
2: <laughs>
1: so anyways, we've got a great show today. We have somebody who we've had on the video show, right? Yes,
2: yes, yes. a few years ago. Yeah. But then she had to, she moved away. But, yeah, what's uh, up with that? I don't know. Well, no, have you'll have her. to ask her. Yeah, okay. <laughs> anyway.
1: So, why don't you introduce her that way I won't put her name.
2: Oh, all right. We would uh love to introduce tonight's very special guest, uh, very prolific paranormal author. Say that 3 times fast. And to try. <laughs> paranormal investigator, ghost tour leader. She just she has a lot of stuff going on, so we'd like to introduce Joni Mayhan. Thanks for having me. Oh. <laughs> you're welcome nice to talk to you again yeah it's It's, been a while i know i i was trying to remember i should have looked and seen when you had a you we had you on the video show but i know it was it was years ago because how long have have you been in new harmony right two three years three years yeah
1: Probably when she was on the show, she said, I've had enough of New England. Get the hell out of here.
2: (laughs) Yeah,
3: that was it. That was why I moved. (laughs) She beat, feet,
1: got out of town. (laughs) Hmm. So, in all honesty, why did you move to Indiana?
3: Well, I was at a point where my kids had left the nest, and I was there, and my whole family was in Indiana my mother and father and sisters. And uh, I thought, you know, I want to spend some time with my parents while I still have parents. Mm -hmm. So I made the move.
1: No, that's that's nice of you.
3: It
2: is great. You know, family is so important. It really is.
1: Really.
3: It it really is. And I spent my my almost entire adult life in New England away from my family. So it's been nice to be close and be able to have somewhere to go for Thanksgiving and Christmas (laughs) and be (laughs) be there anytime I want to. It's been really nice. Oh,
1: I would have invited you over for Thanksgiving, Christmas. If I didn't know you had nowhere to go, because I, I, I take all the, the refugees off the street and invite them.
3: Well, I wish I would have known that. I might not have moved. Well,
1: see, There you go. Uh, so, what's what's the difference between? Indiana or in New England, uh, what's, I mean, you've lived here for a while and, and, and you grew up there, I guess, or at least your you've been there for a while, let's put it that way. And uh, so what are the differences between the, the two?
3: Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it, big differences. I mean, New England's so fast-paced and it's a little bit slower-paced here. People tend to be a little bit more friendlier here. Um, and it's warmer. So we're about... Really? Pro- yeah, we're probably about 20 degrees warmer than you guys are most um, nice. of the time. Yeah, <laughs> it was nice today, but I was able to get out and uh it's uh, I live in a small town that's a golf cart community, so people can ride golf carts around town. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. I have a I live in a really cool town and once I talk about it everybody's going to want to move here, so <laughs> I'm probably <should. laughs> I kind of want to keep it nice and small, so maybe I shouldn't promote
2: my town no, too much. That, that's funny, I, you know. And I follow, you know, I follow you on Facebook, obviously, and um, I see you go, you, you go out in the golf cart with um, the cat and the dog. <laughs> oh, really? It cracks me up. Yeah. Uh,
3: George. Yeah, not too many. Right? Cats. Yeah, George, my big black cat, loves golf carts, and people in town know not to pause too long in front of my house, but he's <laughs> going out. On their carts and want to go for a ride. Um, Mm -hmm.
2: (sighs) That is a
1: riot. It is, absolutely.
2: But not only is it a, is it, um, so it it sounds like a cool place to begin with. It's also really haunted, right?
3: Right, it is. Uh, New Harmony has uh, a lot of history to it. It's, uh, it was founded in 1814 2 years before Indiana was even a state <laughs> and it was founded uh by a utopian society oh. and yeah and they lasted 10 years and then they sold the town and it was uh, another utopian society purchased it so it's the site of two former utopian societies oh, wow. and so there's a lot of interesting history here and the town takes care of their old buildings so in a lot of places where they just tear down the old buildings uh, they they put money into them. So you still see a lot of these buildings from the early 1800s in existence and in really good shape. Nice. So when I first moved here, I was just astounded at how many of these buildings were haunted and how many, just even the shops and stores and houses. Uh, there was a ghost or two in every building. And so that led me to really start researching it. And then I went on to write Haunted New Harmony because I couldn't believe the things I was finding. <laughs> That's amazing.
2: That's great. So and so, that's your newest book. But I think since we last saw you, we probably have two or three, right?
3: More than that, probably. <laughs>
2: have, how could you When do I,
0: was
3: that? On York, I was promoting Bones in the Basement, right. and yeah. Yeah. That, that was like 2015. Yeah. And I, I don't, I don't know how many books in between, but I have 17 total books
1: right
3: okay, now. God bless you. Wow. Bones
2: in the Basement is really good, everybody, by the way. Just looking for a Christmas gift for somebody.
1: <laughs> BTW. <laughs> uh, yeah.
3: Yes. It uh, it was an interesting experience, too. I really think that things that happened to me regarding the Victorian Mansion really led me to try to experience more and research more because it was just such a unique house.
2: Hmm. Which and boy, it's they've really fixed it up now. The new owners. Have you seen
3: oh, it? it? I went back. I saw it in. Uh, I want to say April. They took me on a tour, and oh. it's just gorgeous. It's beautiful. They've renovated. They're they're renovating it. They're not just um, and restoring it. They're not just um, putting new stuff in. They're fixing the old stuff. And if they can't fix it, then oh. they're finding somebody who can. Uh, replicated as close as possible. Cool. So it's just, that's great.
1: Because what are they,
3: what are they so, doing with it? Uh, it's going to eventually be a bed and breakfast. Oh, mm-hmm. awesome. Nice.
1: Still,
3: I've always, haunted.
1: <laughs>
2: still yeah, haunted. Still
3: haunted. Oh, yeah, very haunted. I don't think it's as negatively haunted as it was before, though. Uh, the last time I was there, I really didn't feel anything negative, just... Mostly the, the people that had lived in the house were there.
2: Oh, cool. Wow. And I've only seen pictures, you know, of the outside, which looks amazing because it was in such terrible shape um, the last time we were there. Oh, yeah. To see it repaired and painted, and it's, it's, it's very, very, uh, it's a wonderful thing that someone it, bought it who could do it.
3: It was very heartwarming to me, too, because there were a group of us that were really worried about the house there towards the end when uh, Edwin and Lillian owned it, that it was suffering, just damage. Every time it rained, there was a hole in the roof, and water was just pouring. Mm-hmm. And so we, we started a lot of fundraisers, and I donated uh, the first three months profit of my book, mm-hmm. and we set up a foundation, a nonprofit and put the money into the house, and we fixed the hole in the roof, and we fixed some damage mm-hmm. on the third floor, and it made it more sellable. So when they actually put it up for sale, the new owners didn't see it, you know, as bad the bad damage or as bad mm-hmm. as it was.
2: Mm-hmm. And
3: we did something to help.
2: Ah, oh, that's great. So I know that now you lead a lot of ghost tours in New Harmony. Um, I, what are what are the um, what are your hot spots? I guess. Well, well
1: before before we get <laughs> oh, into the hot wait. spots, okay. uh, uh, so you just moved in there, and all, did you take over a Ghost Tours, or did, you, or did you just start creating your own, or how did that come yeah. about?
3: Well, you know, it's funny because it's you know a fairly conservative town, and. When I moved in, I thought I was really just trying to to fit in and just be part of the community and not let everybody know I was like this crazy paranormal investigator. (laughs) But I am pretty much the only one in the area. Um, You get a little further from me and you find people that do what I do, but not too many. And so I was just trying to stay quiet and just get to know people. And then I started hearing all these ghost stories and then I couldn't help myself. I had to learn more about them. Mm
0: -hmm. And.
3: Decided to uh, to write this book and people really kind of got behind it because what I learned was that these ghost stories had been passed along generation to generation and people were really surprised nobody had ever taken on a ghost walk before. They said it's something people have been talking about doing for years but nobody ever got around to setting one up. So when I started doing them uh, the town really embraced me. I have been had nothing but support and a lot of people that live here have gone on them. Or they, when they have friends in town or family in town, they call me and ask me if I'll do a special walk. And Jeez. it's been pretty great because we do rely solely on tourism here. It's just mm-hmm. a, it's a tourist town, and so when I do these ghost walks, I'm bringing in people that are eating in the restaurants and shopping in the stores and yeah. visiting, just visiting the area. So, I, so they've been pretty happy with me because I had a really good year this year. I had brought in. Um, about 150 people in oh, cool.
2: October. Yeah. Excellent. That sounds
1: like a good yeah. Bro.
2: <laughs> I know. I don't, I don't know. How long does it take to get to Indiana? I don't a even long know. Time. <laughs> <A> long
1: time. long <laughs>
2: time.
3: It's a long drive. Oh, crap.
1: Bet you uh, I could I drive can... it in one day.
3: Uh, I have, but I don't recommend yep. it. Actually. pretty much loved... <laughs> idiot by the
2: time I'm not here so. <laughs> oh and imagine <laughs> if you had to drive with Ron <laughs> what are you saying Anne? <laughs> <laughs> nothing 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 mm-hmm. <laughs> well maybe someday but I think I'll fly <laughs>
3: there you go <laughs> that's
2: fastest
1: yeah but we could go up to Oneida and then from there head down to, to uh, Niagara and then come down yeah that would be a great oh point. boy
2: when am I going to have time to do all that?
1: It's not my I'm, problem. You got I'm six thousand. You got six thousand vacation days. What the
3: yeah, hell? Uh,
2: yeah, I'm using. I'm using all my sick time
3: right mm-hmm. now. <laughs> well, we're really uh, close to Waverly Hills Sanatorium. Too, Look at that. So oh. Yeah. Yeah. Two hours away. Oh, so There's a lot of uh, very cool things. Um, oh, so you I so
1: you to, must be in the bottom of the state.
3: I am. I'm at the very tip.
1: Ah, that makes sense uh, I was wondering why the weather was warmer because you always get the, the lake effects up the the, yeah. the yeah. top of it, yeah wow, okay yeah. so that's Saturnino. cool so I'm going to let you go back to uh, ann's question, which is uh, uh what what's some of the the hot spots on your tour that you like to talk about
3: uh, well, there's quite there's so many it's almost like every building has its own unique story, but when i First started talking about wanting to write a book about the hauntings in New Harmony. Everybody said you need to check out the Fauntleroy House. Oh, and it's uh, it's an authentic original Harmonist house. So it was built in 1820. It was the 53rd house built in New Harmony, and uh, it had a lot of people that lived there over the years. But they have uh, they have historic tours in town and the tour guides were the ones that were really uh, experiencing a lot of the hauntings because they would wait in the building until the tour came to them. So they'd spend long hours in these buildings. And the Farleroy yeah. house, they just got creeped out. They could hear footsteps and voices and in this empty building that, you know, they'd go check and there'd be nobody there. And several times uh, they would get touched or pushed or doors would slam in their face. Uh, wow. They just really got out in the building. And I started doing my uh, investigations and, and ghost walks because I do investigations here too. public hunts where I invite the public in. To oh, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. And the Fauntleroy house was one of the, our favorites. Uh, it through my research and just through talking to people. And then just through my own mediumship, I learned that the house is primarily haunted by this woman named Mary Emily Fauntleroy. <laughs> and she purchased the house in the early 1900s and set it up as new harmony's first tour site. And she put her heart into this house. She, she went around and collected artifacts and had a really true museum set up, but she ended up losing the house. And during the depression, she was having a hard time making ends meet and the house ended up in possession of the state. And they told her she could stay there and continue doing her, her tours, until she died, and then they she turned the house over to the state. But then World War II broke out, and they ceased operations, and they booted her out. Aww. So I guarantee you the minute she died, she was right back in that house. Nah. Because <laughs> that was her house. And then about yeah. 10 years ago, the uh, State of Indiana Museum Division decided to do a full renovation on the house. And it really did need it. It was in bad shape. They took it down to studs. And they took her collection that she had collected and took it out of the house. Uh, Some of it was away because it was not documented as to, you know, the correct time period. Or some of it ended up in museums. Some of it just ended up scattered. And so that's when the haunting really became angry. She was so mad because Uh she had everything Mm -hmm. worked so hard That's a light work. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, it's funny because when we first started going there to investigate, uh, the haunting was very angry. And we would, it was, there were areas in the house that we just, people had a hard time being in and um, people were getting touched. And it was, it just felt like an angry place. But over time, I think the hauntings really calmed down because I tell her story. Every time I do a ghost walk and I walk by there, I talk about, the injustices that were served on this woman and how angry she is and how angry she should be for everything that happened. And it's really calmed down the haunting. So I think yeah. she just wanted her story told. Yeah. Right. Yeah. She should. Yeah.
2: Wow. Yeah. That's terrible. I mean, it's yeah. good that they, re- it's good that they restored it, but I mean, you know, it's kind of at a price.
0: Yeah. Big right.
3: Price. Well, One story about her, uh, her, she had her mother's dress behind glass in a glass case. Mm
2: -hmm. And
3: when they moved it, they accidentally broke the glass case. And and the dress just disintegrated right in front of them. Oh, no. I mean, you know, there's not, uh, you know, a lot of really haunted places. There's massacres and mass deaths and everything. And that really isn't the case in New Harmony. Um, most of the hauntings aren't really angry or negative. They're just people that love the town so much or love their homes that they just decided to stay. Mm -hmm. And you really, it's a vibe that you see around town. It's really interesting because people, home isn't just their house. Home is the entire town. Like you see people walking down the sidewalk and if they see a piece of trash, they'll bend down and pick it up. And Mm -hmm. people like take care of this town. It's a well-loved town.
2: That's amazing. What's the population there? Is it a small? 800. Oh, <laughs> that's, that's a
1: little small. Yeah.
3: A little small. It, wow. It's there, yeah, it's, um, well, and I thought I was going to have a lot of um, a reaction when I came here because at population 800 town, there are eight churches here. And I thought, oh, oh they're going to hate. <laughs> but again, I really didn't have any any ramifications. Everybody's been very welcoming. Oh, that's great! Yeah, imagine yeah. that—a hundred people yeah. per church. Uh, that that
1: pretty pretty they, must have, they must have all the religions covered,
3: uh-huh. right? Yes, they do.
2: <laughs> oh my goodness! Wow.
1: How do they support them? That's even worse. Yeah. How do you support eight yeah. churches?
3: Yeah, yeah, that would be uh, difficult.
1: But <laughs> oh, yeah. so speaking about the churches, are, are they? Old, it, it, I know that they wouldn't be part of the original uh, community, but are uh, they fairly old?
3: Yeah, most of them are fairly old, not back to the early 1800s. Right, because it was a utopian town. Yeah. yeah, probably early 1900s, most of them.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Hmm. Okay.
1: And what's the construction material in town? Is it, it predominantly water or is it uh, brick?
3: It's both. It's wood and brick. A lot of the uh, Harmonist houses were made out of like boards, wooden, um, and they've been restored. But there are quite a few brick houses too, because there's so much clay in the area mm-hmm. that um, cheaper to manufacture with brick than it is with wood.
1: Mm-hmm. Right. Mm.
2: So you
3: have the the Lord Font, Fontelroy
2: or the Fontelroy house. What? Well, yeah. I said. And what's um, some of the other ones?
3: Um, well, one of my other favorite ones is the uh, Ribere Gymnasium, and <laughs> it's it's an old school gymnasium, and it has a tall bell tower to it. And every hour, it chimes what time it is. It's kind of a cool thing, but it's a standalone building, and it has a history its history actually is a little bit tragic it was built in uh 1924 and then in 1925 an f5 tornado swept through three states it was known Mm -hmm. as the tri-state tornado Mm -hmm. and it killed the people it's still on record as the deadliest tornado uh, ever and it completely decimated a town nearby called griffin Mm -hmm. and New Harmony helped them out. They brought their dead and dying, but they ended up putting the dead bodies down in the basement of this brand new gymnasium and used oh. it as a temple. Oh, and wow. yeah, some of the stories are really horrific. Uh, there was one woman that was put down there alive. She had been, oh. They didn't know it. She'd been paralyzed during the tornado and she was down there they For two days before someone noticed her furiously blinking her eyes. Oh, my God. And yeah, so they pulled her out, and she ended up living, so that Holy was good. But crap. Some, some of the casualties, a lot of the casualties were children. There was a school bus full of kids that went end over end, and a lot of kids died. Oh. So see a lot of children in the gymnasium.
0: Mm-hmm. and.
3: I've actually seen, you know, in all, in all my time as a paranormal investigator, I think I've probably seen maybe five apparitions. And, uh, you know, it's like, well, you know, when you talk to, um, when you watch TV, you just assume, a lot of people assume that, you know, when you feel a ghost, you see a ghost. And, and it's, they're just not as, I mean, how many times have you guys seen apparitions?
1: Right. None. Well, I, I have
3: oh. never
1: I've seen about three that I cannot pick up off the top. See,
3: I,
2: I think seeing... Including a dog. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I think five is a lot, honestly. Yeah. Mm.
3: Well, yeah. one of them one of them was just a hand <laughs> when I was I... at the Vic, the Victorian mansion, of course, um, uh-huh. was sitting at the table talking to someone. And all of a sudden, right behind him on the doorway, a hand manifested on the doorway.
0: <laughs> and.
3: I saw it for about five or six seconds. I got a really good look at it, and then it just disappeared. But uh, I saw an apparition of a child in the gymnasium. So, you know, to me, that's kind of astounding. Uh, we were sitting in a group doing an EVP session, and I was facing the back door, which is there are two bathrooms there, and it's there's a little bit of light there. And all of a sudden, I saw head and shoulders of a child pop out of the bathroom, like peeking out and then peeked back in then went back in and I was the only one that saw it and you know it was my investigation I thought oh they're just going to think I'm making this up to say I saw something so I told it up into two groups and so I told the second group I said watch that doorway and it it did it happened again and five people saw it this time so nice yeah so, you know, it's pretty consistent. I mean, we see things moving. A lot of times it's out of the corner of your eye and you don't get a good look at it. But this was mm-hmm. full on head and shoulders, uh, shadow and shadow. But um, so and it's it's an interesting place. We get a lot on uh, spirit box mm-hmm. and dowsing rods. I, I've never really used dowsing rods that much. But here in New Harmony, it seems like we're dealing with a lot of um, 19th century ghosts that or 18th century ghosts that don't want to um, they don't want to mess with our electronic devices. Maybe they see it as witchery or something. But mm-hmm. we do get on uh, on dowsing rods, and we've gotten some answers to questions, historical questions that have been lost to time that people didn't know. And it's been really neat, really neat experience. Wow, that's funny.
2: Well, it would make sense because. Dowsing rods would be something familiar to them, because when when they they used those in Victorian times, didn't they? Right. right. Well,
3: yeah. Find water too, you know. And yeah. mm-hmm. and there was yes. spiritualism uh, in the town during the spiritual revolution. There were some people that did seances and things in town. So I have yet to really break into that information. Um, I've heard some of the stories, but you know there were. Definitely a lot of wealthy people here over time, and mm-hmm. it seems like uh, that that's kind of the group that was more into the Victorian revolution, spiritual revolution, having all the seances and the table tappings and mm-hmm. whatnot. So there was a fair amount of that going on in town here.
2: Oh, ah. wow. That kind of makes sense. I mean, given the kind of society, I think. But neat. Yeah, yeah. Was... yeah. So, <laughs> what? <laughs> Nothing. I just, you were didn't, like... want
1: to... I just yeah. didn't
2: want
1: to... Yeah, well I, well, I was waiting for you to finish because I didn't want to say anything on top of you. I was being polite. Oh, okay. It's the new rod. It's the new, run, the gentler, it's new rod? You're
2: going to be nice to me now?
1: Gen- gentler and kinder. <laughs> <laughs>
0: okay.
1: Anyways, the tunes are play- playing, that, which means we have to take a break. So oh. as you listen to Ghost Chronicles... Next Generation with Ian Kerrigan, Ron Kolick, and our special guest is Joni Mayhem. And we will be right back after the following messages. Do you have a paranormal
2: event, book, or something else you want people to know about? then why not advertise it on Ghost Chronicles Radio? With over 150,000 downloads a month, get your message out to an audience that's interested in the subject. We have a plan at a cost that fits your needs. For more information, contact Ron Kolick at anyghostproject at comcast.net
1: or call 978-455-6678.
0: Hello, hello, can you hear me? My name is Harry Price. I am speaking to you via the meeting of the Ghost Box.
2: And welcome back to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation with Ron and Ann and our very special guest this evening, author Joni Mahan.
1: We're back. You got it right? Yeah. Okay, cool. Of
2: course I did. Cool. I don't want to mess up people's <laughs> names, you do that.
1: That's just funny. I mean. <laughs> I'm being kind.
2: All right.
3: Mental. Okay. Anyway. All right. I'll so, take it. Uh,
1: yes, 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 I'll take Any, it. Anyways, Joni. Uh Is is there a difference? I mean, I I just did an interview with with uh, Ghost Village and they asked me about, uh, you know, ghosts in other parts of the country versus ghosts in New England. Is there a difference between ghosts in other parts of the country and ghosts in New England?
3: You know, I wondered about that, too, when I came here, um, because I was investigating areas that had never really had an investigation before. And I can't really say that I've had a big difference except for they have been apprehensive over some of our equipment in the very beginning. Uh, we weren't getting a whole lot. K2, really almost never get anything on K2. And New England, I was always getting hits on the K2. Here, it's like they just completely ignore it to the point where I've almost stopped using it. I still bring it out and stuff on, but I don't even think about it. Um but over time, they've been a little bit more reactive with the spirit box. When I first started, we weren't getting anything. And as we started uh, using it more and more, we were starting to get more responses. So I think, if, if anything, they just haven't had a lot of investigations here until I moved here. Really, maybe one or two people came in at, you know, some random times to do anything, but nobody's really investigated. Um <laughs> We we used uh, we did have one really neat experience. Uh, We weren't getting any reactions, so we decided to bring a pinwheel to the investigation to see what would happen.
1: Oh, that's interesting.
3: A dollar store pinwheel, and we put it. We cut a hole in a plastic cup and put the pinwheel in there and set it in the middle of the group. And we try. We had uh, six investigations set up um, from midsummer to end of Halloween season. And the first three, nothing happened. The pinwheel just sat there. It didn't do anything. And then we had one investigation where all of a sudden it started spinning. It started reacting, only reacting to questions that were a yes answer. Huh. And they'd say, is there anybody here that wants to talk to us? And the pinwheel would spin and then it would stop. And they'd say, are you a girl? God. And it would do anything. They said, are you a boy? And it spun. And they had about – I wasn't part – I had divided up into two groups, so that wasn't my group. I didn't get to see it. But she did get a video of some of it. Uh, <laughs> but when she was videoing, it would stop moving. So it was like they didn't want to be captured. Uh, but they had a, probably a 30-minute conversation with the pinwheel. And they learned this story about this little boy who had lived there during the uh, second Utopian Society – And the the building we were investigating used to be a community house and they would have community activities on the first floor and the second and third floors were more like dormitory rooms. And he said that he was injured and he lost his leg and uh, he ended up dying. And we actually talked to the woman that oversaw that building uh, Amanda Bryden, and she she was able to confirm that story. She said there was actually a little boy who lived there during um, the um, early eight, early to mid 1800s that was injured during a cannon fire accident oh. and hit his leg. And so, you know, we never did find out his name, but we they they spent. 20 minutes talking with him and we were able to actually confirm that story so that was a really cool experience that's incredible yeah isn't
1: that the cool thing is when you have an experience like that where you do use some type of equipment or or a medium or something and then you can go out and you actually dig and, and confirm what uh had transpired
3: Yeah, it is. And, you know, I have some abilities that have gotten stronger over the years. And um, I actually had this happen at um, the – it's Chapter 1 in my book. It's the Arbor House. It used to be a gift shop, and she just closed it like a year ago. But I was all excited because I had – when I first moved here, I I got to see the outsides of these buildings, but I never got to see any of the insides. And when I happened upon this gift shop, it was – It was really neat because I could see the inside. So I went inside uh, to shop and just to look at the architecture. And I went back into this back room, and all of a sudden I felt somebody come up behind me really quickly. And I turned around, fully expecting it to be a live human being, but there was nobody there. And in my mind's eye, I got a really strong picture of a woman with iron gray hair pulled back really severely, and she had round, dark glasses. And it was really important that I noticed the glasses. And I got two words in my mind. One was schoolmarm and the other was spinster. And then she disappeared. And uh, so I I was kind of a little taken back because it was, uh, you know, sometimes you get these impressions and they're kind of faint or fleeting and you question whether it was your imagination. But with this, it was so strong. It was like somebody threw it in my head. Mm-hmm. And. So I went to leave, and uh, I really wasn't announcing myself at this point to people. Yet you know, I didn't want them to think I was crazy. I wanted them to like me first. <laughs> the truth, but um, I walked outside, and the owner happened to be sitting um, in, under the arbor, smoking a cigarette. And she started chatting me up, and she said, "So, what do you do?" And I said, "I'm an author." And she said, "Oh, what do you write?" And I'm like, "Crap!" <laughs> I Bagged, and so I told. Her, I said I'm a paranormal author, and her eyebrows raised, and she said, "Oh!" And I, it was kind of in her expression, I knew that she was accepting of it. So I would, I just took a deep breath, and I said, "And I met your ghost, by the way." And she laughed, <laughs> she laughed, and she said, "Which one?" <laughs> oh. So I was wow. able to, through her and through the library here, I was able to research the people that lived in that house. And I learned the name of the ghost that I felt. Um, her name was Nora Chadwick Fratasia. and uh, she she was a librarian. They had librarian, um, and, and and which really isn't a, a t- um, schoolmarm, but uh, kind of close. Sad. But then also didn't marry until she was 29. So in that day, that, that could have old. Co- yeah. Yeah, had been considered a spinster. But then I actually finally came upon a picture of her and sure enough in the, in the picture, she looked exactly like I saw her, uh, with round glasses. So cool. that was kind of cool to be able to track back the ghost and she's not a harmful ghost. She does playful things, but, um, she, you know, she's very noticeable and, you know, when she's <laughs> active.
2: She, wow. She presented herself. That's for sure.
3: Yeah. Kind of introduced herself to me and it was, you know, that's kind of how my experiences in New Harmony have been. The ghosts are almost polite. Um, they, they don't, they're harmful. They're not mean. You know, they're not negative. Um, they're just basically townspeople that are dead. <laughs> 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 it's living townspeople and dead townspeople. So
1: you, so you have the library, which is, do they have a good archive?
3: Yes, they do. It's actually called Working Men's Institute, and uh, it's Indiana's oldest continually operating library and it was like 1838 and uh it's the second floor is is a museum so there's artifacts up there from um the the harmonist uh period and all the way you know all the way back to there's like an old harmonist wagon up there there's a child's coffin uh there's a harmonist coffin there's all kinds of stuff up there and i think that really kind of holds on to energy so that yeah, and they have a library ghost besides that. So there's a lot of activity going on in that building as well. So
1: with this library, they do they and museum. They don't have a historic society.
3: Um. Well, they they don't have a like a separate like New England has a lot of historical societies right. where you can certain building. Um, the Working Men's Institute has a lot of those documents, um, and the whole town is kind of a historical society. There's um, there's a lot of buildings that are set up just for uh, archives and holding information and documents and artifacts from the town. So the whole town is almost a historical society. That's incredible. I wish, you know, I suppose because of their
2: size, they are probably more capable at doing that yeah. than, you know, a larger town would be, but um that's that's wonderful. I mean, seriously, they don't really need a historical society because they are the historical society as you said. there's
3: a lot of there's a lot of buildings that are owned by either the state or by Historic New Harmony that are nothing more than um preserved for people to visit. So, they're there's just they're just um Restored back to the time period, so when you walk in, you can see how people lived back then. So it's Let's there's see. a lot of those buildings. Um,
1: so yeah. you say you said that uh, tourism is the number one business. Can they survive on tourism in a small town like that? And what draws people oh, to Oh, sorry. Oh.
3: sorry. Uh, well, pretty <laughs> much. Up. I mean, you know, there's there's tourism, there's shops and restaurants and. Uh, it's just a neat little town. There's a lot of little parks. It's very quaint. People like to come here um, just to get away because it's like stepping back in time. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's just a different it's a different vibe here. People come here to heal. Uh, it's, we call it the New Harmony bubble because once you get into New Harmony, you feel like you're in a, another dimension almost. It's just um, you just feel very relaxed when you're here. It's a very healing place. Sounds like so people, it. They come here for weekends just to. We have several bed and breakfasts in an inn, and um, they just come to uh, to stay and eat and shop and take a ghost walk. <laughs> <And> <laughs> yeah, it's it's just a nice little town. We That's have cool. uh, some big festivals do a couple times a year where um, they turn the town almost transforms into something totally different. There'll be hundreds of vendors and with tents on the streets selling everything from homemade wares to food. And, um, those are a lot of fun art and bands and music. And it's just a, it's just a really neat town. Oh, that's awesome. pretty
1: cool. Yeah.
3: Is it, so, a, so, is
2: it a suburb to like a larger, is there like a larger city near it or, um, something yeah, like it's that?
3: Not, yeah. It's, It's about um, a half an hour away from Evansville, Indiana, which is the biggest town. And um, I don't know the population of Evansville, but it's kind of the the biggest city in the area. And that's Mm
0: -hmm.
3: where everybody goes to. Uh, We don't have a grocery store, so that's where we have to go to go grocery shopping. Oh,
2: (laughs) jeez. That's funny. Yeah, Yeah, sounds like an awesome spot.
1: So I was looking at your books, and and you came out with Ghost Magnet, and, and you say it. It's uh, true paranormal stories, complete with photos and EVPs. Do you have a separate disc, or is are are the EVPs uh, are they just written, or are they do you actually hear them?
3: Um, for the ebook, well, for the ebook, there's links in the book, so you can click right on the link and it takes you right to SoundCloud, and you. So
1: is that be- book an ebook, or is it a soft cover too?
3: It's both. It's both, and in the soft cover, um, I give I give people the link. Um, so they could type it in, but once you go, to, once you go onto SoundCloud, you can find all the EVPs there pretty easily. Cause there are, I think there are about two or 300 of them, but, um, <laughs> it's easier to access the, the audio links from the ebook than mm-hmm. it is from the picture.
2: Right. That makes sense. I did that
3: in, with Bones in the Basement as well. Mm. That makes Great sense. idea. Yeah.
1: The, so, uh, yeah. Go ahead.
2: I, I had a question, and I know, and I don't know if you can talk about this, so I know that you were interviewed recently for a TV show. Can you talk about that?
3: I can. I can talk about it. I'm they haven't told me not to, so <laughs> okay did you, I, a,
1: did you sign a disclosure
3: um, yeah, well, yeah, just that I would be able to um you know to be on the show, but they didn't tell me not to talk about it or anything, so. Um, yeah, I was just flown into Boston um, two weeks ago to film for the TV show A Haunting, and it revolved around – I won't tell too much because I want people to actually watch this show. Yeah, don't spoil it, yeah. Sam <laughs> Trusis, and I believe he's been on your show before, is yes. a paranormal author, and he's a good friend of mine. Um, I have quite a few author friends like Gare Allen. Uh, we, we help each other with our books because a lot of people are competitive in this, in this uh, field, but we feel like you're stronger when you're helping each other than you are when you're apart. So we help edit each other's books. We, um, I do like Gare's book covers and I edited Sam's book, Sam's edited mine. We, we just help each other. And Sam had a, um, pretty horrific experience, paranormal experience, um, where he inadvertently channeled something that he wasn't, that he didn't mean to. And he he got a really bad attachment. And uh, a lot of us were aware that it was going on because he was acting strangely. And so I reached out to him and um, got him in touch with uh, my shaman friend, Michael Robeshaw who I wrote the book Ruin of Souls about. And uh, Michael is, uh, he was, He's just—he's like a modern-day superhero. I can't even explain it. <laughs> he does hmm. both blessings. He sends his spirit guides in, and he takes care of horrifically haunted locations. He'll send his guides in, and the next day it's not haunted anymore. Ah. So he's able to remove attachments. I—I um, I can honestly say I wouldn't be alive if Michael wasn't in my life because he's—he's he's saved me from some, uh, like you talked about, ghost magnet. Um, there's mm-hmm. a in there that I was pitching for uh, actually for a haunt. you really need to do this story because uh, had Michael not come through um, I would and mm. he was able to help Sam as well so Michael will be interviewed for this show as well so wow. it That's was cool. yeah it was a neat experience um, I guess you know my expectations of what it would be like to film for uh, a big paranormal TV show like A Haunting were far different than how it actually happened. <laughs> uh, they filmed it at, at an Airbnb in Salem. It was uh-huh. just a rant house and uh, pulled up and it was just a producer, the cameraman and the sound man.
0: Mm-hmm. And,
3: um, you know, we just, they set me down in a chair with a light and, you know, a mic and a camera and, uh, she asked me questions and that was it. It was very low key. Uh, mm-hmm. so it's interesting to see how it all comes together.
1: Yeah, the uh we just did one on because we, we had a case that uh, the family was gonna be on a haunted so they asked us and uh I declined, but uh Leslie Varden is gonna be on a, and that's the and I went with her for her interview and it's the same thing. There was a B and B they rented, you went in, you sat in a chair, they they interviewed you with some questions and they did a couple of stand-up shots and that was it. it was like oh okay yeah
3: (laughs) yeah i'm like i'm having a hard time connecting it with um the truly huge tv show because it just felt like a a, an interview like i've done before you know it didn't feel that you know i guess i'll i'll change that tune when it airs this summer (laughs) uh Mm -hmm. That'll be a neat experience. I've never been on national TV before, so I've oh, written a yes. lot of books, but none of my shows. I've been approached um, – Paranormal Witness approached me three different times, about three different of my books, and got to the interview process where they were interviewing my witnesses, and um, they they <laughs> one of my witnesses was my ex-husband.
0: <laughs> <and> he,
3: <laughs> he he apparently didn't remember much of what happened, so
0: uh-huh.
3: – um, You know, so they ended up dropping that one. So I kind of, when I was approached for this one, I just, I kind of thought, oh, yeah, it'll never happen because, you know, I've been down this road before. But then, you know, it actually, I didn't get excited until she confirmed my airline ticket flight, you know, my (laughs) flight. Okay, it really is happening. So it was exciting. It was a lot of fun. Um, My friend Barbara Kirk Niles drove me. And uh, that takes a lot of stress. You know how it is driving in you know, the Boston area. Oh, yeah. And we interviewed at 9 a.m. on Sunday. <laughs> and, you know, traffic shouldn't have been very bad, but for whatever reason, Salem was hopping. So it was oh, pretty, my God. Uh, it was yeah. nice to be uh, driven instead of yeah. having to fight my way there.
2: Yeah. Well, as someone who works in uh, television production, All I have to say is the magic of editing, you know, you everything, all the little pieces, you know, you then you give it to the right person and they make it all amazing. So,
1: yeah, the the funny part about it is, is that they actually, because if you know the show at all, it's 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 the interview with the the people that really uh, the event occurred with. And then they have reenactment and all the reenactments are done. in, I believe in Virginia they have uh, houses and stages set up there that they, they do right. the reenactments there. Yeah. So it's pretty yeah. it's pretty cool how they do it and they put it all together.
3: Yeah. Yeah, I um, told her to make he's... sure that uh, whoever they hire, the actress they hire to portray me, is uh, skinny and, and beautiful. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
1: I'll all theaters, they never look like the person. <laughs> Ever. Yeah,
3: I know. Ever. No. Right.
1: <laughs> Not funny. even close.
3: Well,
2: that's terrific. Yeah. You know, congratulations. Let us know. Like, throw a link up on our page or something. Let us know
1: when it's when
2: yeah. it's out. Because, uh, yeah, yeah, I definitely want to watch that.
1: She won't even watch mine, right. but she'll yeah. watch yours. Oh. Of
2: course I want to watch. Well, you're not in it, Ron. But if Leslie's in it, I want to see it.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
2: Who said I didn't want to see it?
1: Oh, I was just counting on you to be yourself.
2: Just spouting?
1: Mm-hmm. Just
2: spouting? uh uh-huh. yeah, Okay.
1: Yeah. All anyway. right. Anyway. <laughs> All right. So... so... <laughs> What's coming up for you, uh, Joni? Do you have any new, new books in the works?
3: I do. I actually went back to fiction. Uh, I just finished a book called Crazy Dead People. And, <laughs> uh, I think it's, it's about politicians? An- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's about a woman who was hired as a paranormal TV show scout location, a sc- location scout. Okay. And so... Uh, he is sent to. Um, I based it very loosely on Waverly Hills because I was just there in May and uh, had a lot of pictures and a lot of experiences, so I utilized a lot of that. But um, you know, I, I made it as true to life as possible. Like I hate when I read paranormal fiction, and I don't know they're they're pulling out the uh, Ghostbuster equipment. You know what I mean? The, yeah, or the fake. So everything in my book is either something that has happened to me or I know somebody that's had happened to them. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was terrifying enough, you know, the real story. I've always had this thing where it has to be real. Like I've never fabricated or Mm -hmm. exaggerated on anything because I want people to know what a true paranormal haunting looks like. Mm -hmm. And so I I cover that and do that in my book and I just go through the fear this woman feels as she's experiencing all this and, and it's funny too. Um, oh, that's
1: cool.
3: There's a lot of humor in it, uh, which I think is important when you're scaring the pants off of people, you need to make them <laughs> chuckle every in a while. So mm-hmm. uh, I'm going to yeah. be shopping. I'm going to be trying to find an agent for this one. I have self published all my other books and mm-hmm. while they've done well and largely supported me for five years, um, mm-hmm. I would like to see, My books go a little bit further and do a little bit better, so I want to try to get an agent and uh, see what can happen. So I'm just at the end of editing, and uh, I'm just now starting to query, send query letters out to agents. So that'll be a long process, but I'm tenacious, (laughs) so I won't stop. That sounds great, and it also
2: sounds like it would be a good movie.
3: I think so and it'll be a series so she's going to be going from location to location so this ah. is only book So and then I also have another book in the works um in January I'm going to be writing uh, about um the Hanover haunting house in Hanover Pennsylvania mm-hmm. uh Diane Simpson has hired me to write her story nice. and this is Insanely haunted. It's been on a ton of paranormal shows, including The Dead Files. And this poor woman and her husband have just lived through hell hmm. in this house. And I did visit the house uh, earlier. And there on, on TV. My, my way back from Massachusetts, I stopped and visited it, and um, I was planning on spending the night there. But I was just getting. Um, crowded by ghosts and it was it was just not a good situation and so, so we decided to do a Facebook live and uh, she was walking around and she was showing people the house and talking about the stories in the room I was going to sleep in she said oh and this one the really negative ghost comes out from under the bed hovers over the bed uh, and he uh, sends people uh, to the bed and I am uh, like oh yeah oh yeah hell no <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I did I'd spend the night, um, you know, I, there was no way I was going to go through that. Oh, um, uh, no. Think, no thanks. <laughs> no, I, I,
1: I mean, mean I, I used have, to. Be I'd be up for that. <laughs> yeah.
3: I, well, um, I mean, once you have a really bad, horrific experience, like I did with Soul Collector, you develop a little PTSD. And <laughs> it causes yeah. you to really act differently when you're in a, in a, potentially dangerous situation. So I, I knew my boundaries in that sense and I didn't care who called me a chicken. I was not staying there. <laughs> <laughs> but so uh, things should get interesting. Oh,
2: pizza from the dead. Thank goodness I'm starving.
1: Really? What eyeballs?
2: Yeah, eyeballs.
1: Pizza from the dead, so anyways. <laughs> Yeah, so anyways, jo- that means uh, we've got to wrap up the show, and uh, you've been listening to Ghost Chronicles, uh, Next Generation, with Ann Kerrigan and Ron Kolick, and a very special guest has been Joni Mayhem. Boy, you'd make a good co-host, you know, you could be, the, yeah, the, the mistress of mayhem, Joni.
3: <laughs> I like you
1: go. Uh, anyway What are you
2: trying to say, Ron?
1: What's that?
2: <laughs> what are you trying to say? Uh,
1: saying, did I didn't say anything. Jeez. Mm. I'm just just looking ahead. That's all. Oh,
2: all right. Okay, okay. Future. All right. Yep. I'll remember that. You
1: remember, I live forever.
2: That's true.
1: I'll <laughs> live all your co-hosts. So, anyways, if somebody wanted to learn more about you, uh, Joni, uh, where could they find you?
3: Well, I have a website, and it's JoniMayhan.com. You want to spell it? J-O-N-I-M-A-Y-H-A-N dot com. Uh, all my books are on Amazon dot com, and um, people can also find me on my author page on Facebook.
1: Awesome, excellent. So excellent. thank you so much for joining us today.
2: Yeah. Oh, it was so wonderful to talk to you again. And yes, I've I've, I've been seeing so much going on, on your page. I'm like, we got to get her back on the show. I
1: know you can <laughs> you can thank Anne for that because she's the one that bugged me about it. It's like, hey, how about Joni? <laughs>
3: Well, thank okay. you for having that. It was a lot of fun. I love talking to you guys. Uh, well,
1: oh, thank you so much.
2: And best of luck. Send us that link now when the show is going to be on.
3: Okay, we will do. And come see me in New Harmony. Ah,
2: uh, I'd love to.
1: Uh, you know, I'll make it happen.
3: All right, you make it happen, Ron. Mm, I'm okay. telling
1: you, we could do a haunted road trip. That would be a blast.
2: It would be a blast. Uh, yeah.
1: Anyways, we're out of time, so we're going to get blasted if we don't go. Uh Actually, I might get blasted anyways when I do go. Uh, You're listening to, you have been listening to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation with Anna Ron. And tune in next week when we'll have Mark Nesbitt from uh, Gettysburg. So that'll be cool. So, Joni, thank you so much. And to all listeners, thank you and good night.
2: Good night, everybody.